0: Zero,
1: Three games without Christian Wood and three straight losses for your Houston Rockets as they fall to the New Orleans Pelicans on the second night of a back-to-back 130-101. What and is up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and the founder slash managing editor of ClutchCityControlRoom.com. You can follow me on Twitter at JT Gatlin show of course at locked on rockets as well as the blog at clutch city cr this i mean tough game like tough series of games um i i knew that missing christian wood this team was going to look worse and be different and and but i didn't expect it to come off the rails this quickly and it be this ugly unfortunately um you know we're seeing a very very different Rockets team in the three games that they've now played without Christian Wood and it's it's honestly at times painful to watch um both offensively defensively this team looks very discombobulated on both sides of the basketball at times uh, and I went and looked at the numbers because I was interested. In the three games without Christian Wood, the Rockets have just a 102 offensive rating, uh, per 100, 102 points per 100 possessions offensive rating, and then a 120.9 defensive rating for a minus 18.9 net rating in their losses to the Spurs, Hornets, and now Pelicans. Uh, Both of those numbers, in case you're wondering, would be good enough for worst in the league in their respective categories. So um, the 102 offensive rating is worse than the worst offense in the league right now, which I think is somewhere around the 104 or 105 mark. Uh, And then the 120.9 defensive rating is worse than the worst defensive team in the league right now. So this Rockets team has... I don't want to say that they've forgotten how to play basketball, but they've forgotten what got them to this point. They have moved away from the mainly the defense, which is what was such a huge part of that, uh, of that winning streak that they were on. And even Coach Silas thinks as much, and he expressed as much in his uh, post-game presser, which we will hear right now.
0: Um, I did learn that if we're not going to come with the correct defensive intensity, Uh, we're not going to be able to win Um, if we're not committed to stopping people like we have been up until this point. It's going to be hard for us to win, and uh, obviously, like you said, John, getting into the paint and making plays for others and our spacing and whatnot can be okay, but to give up 130 points, to give up 60 points in the paint, 18 second chance points. That's not a good recipe for winning. So um, with Christian out, we're going to have to band together as a group and uh, really concentrate very much on the boards, but just our overall.
1: So Steve and Silas, obviously frustrated with The way that his team has been performing and we'll also hear from PJ Tucker and John Wall who were the two other players that were spoken to uh, in the post game of this one but just a rough night overall for the Rockets Uh, another night where they barely scrape by 40% from the field just uh, 41.8% shooting overall. A hair over 30% from downtown, 30.2% from behind the arc, just 13 of 43 on the evening. Uh, Compared to the Pelicans, who shot 51.1% from the floor, 38.7% from behind the arc, 12 of 31 for them. They scored 60 points in the paint. They out-rebounded the Rockets 55 to 37 Um just, I mean, Zion was great, uh, Brandon Ingram was great, Lonzo was great, uh, Josh Hart off the bench with a ridiculous 20 points and 17 rebounds for Josh Hart off the bench uh, for the Pelicans. Just, uh, I mean, some great performances all around for them. And look, they they remembered, right? They remembered that 48-point quarter that the Rockets hung on their heads, and they remembered how embarrassed they were in the last meetup between these two teams, and they came out with a uh, with with the right energy they came out more prepared ready from the jump to you know to jump the rockets right and i don't think the rockets were really expecting that and i think that's been kind of the running theme now with this three game losing streak is the rockets haven't come out with the right intensity in any of these games they're not matching the intensity of their opponents and I don't know if it's they have, you know, resigned themselves because they're without Christian Wood and, you know, they're, they're not expecting to win now or or what. Um, but it's it's frustrating to see. Now, I will say that there are, you know, John Wall is still a competitor. And John Wall is going to go out there and compete every single night. And he and, and Eric Gordon were, I, I guess, he, Eric Gordon, and Jay Sean Tate were essentially the... Uh, the bright spots in this game. I'll give Sterling Brown some credit as well. So, so you know, there were some bright spots in this game across the board, but they just ultimately couldn't pull it together enough with the production from the other guys or, or lack thereof from the other guys to have a chance in this game. And it's, you know, it does really, like Steven Silas said and like we'll hear coming up from P.J. Tucker and John Wall, it boils down to the defense. You know, they're not actively Getting stops, playing the same with the same defensive intensity that they were over the course of the winning streak, and now we're seeing that we're seeing this collective drop off where they're not getting stops, and then they're not getting in transition, right? Because this team does have offensive struggles. Without Christian Wood, they are missing a big chunk, and they're missing the constant in their offense. And I think that's the important point to note: is you know there could be a night where John Wall has a big night, or Eric Gordon has a big night, or one of the bench guys you know hits you know a handful of threes and has a big night, whether it's House or Brown or Nwaba gets a bunch of putbacks and some good cuts one night and he's got double figures off the bench, right? Those guys all have chances to have big games, but Christian Wood was the constant factor. He was the constant about 20 to 25 points every single night, about, you know, anywhere from 8 to 12 rebounds a night, and having that constant level of production is in the lineup, allowed the Rockets to have, you know, nights where, oh, maybe EG doesn't have such a great night, or maybe John Wall has a bit of a down night, but he gets to focus on facilitating rather than scoring, right? It gave them optionality. It gave them the ability to not have to rely on everything else going right for them to have a chance to win the game. They could make some mistakes defensively, they could get down a little bit and fight back into it. But now, now that they don't have that constant production from Christian Wood, that really efficient level of scoring the basketball offensively. It's it's showing. And not only is it showing offensively with with that lack of production there, it's showing defensively. He was a big part of both sides of the basketball for this team. And it really just it's a testament to how important he has become to this to this Rockets team because early on in the season, he was not a good defensive presence. He was, you know, he had miscues defensively, he wasn't communicating, all of this, and he was getting better at an exponential rate to the point where he was He's integral to this team's defense. His ability to switch, his ability to blitz pick and rolls, his ability to you know play the drop coverage, his ability to be a weak side shot blocker, his ability to read the defense, all of these things were getting better and better as he progressed, as he got more game reps, all of this. And Steven Silas said as much immediately in the Memphis post-game interview where he talked about how much of a loss losing Christian Wood was going to be to this team. Because DeMarcus Cousins is not Christian Wood. He's definitely not Christian Wood offensively, and he's also not Christian Wood defensively. You know, he's a big body, and he can box out, and he can get you some boards, but offensively, he keeps trying to do too much for this team. He's not a rim-running threat like Christian Wood. He is not a finishing threat inside the paint like Christian Wood. He's not shooting as good from behind the arc as Christian Wood. And defensively, he doesn't give you anywhere near the options that Christian Wood does because you can't you can't reliably switch DeMarcus Cousins onto a guard on the perimeter. You can't reliably blitz pick and rolls with DeMarcus Cousins because he doesn't have the speed or the lateral quickness to be able to do so at this stage in his career. So missing Christian Wood is just absolutely the crux of what is happening in this three-game losing streak. And I hate it. I, I really... Genuinely hate when analysis boils down to that, where it's just, you know, oh, well, they're missing Christian Wood, and that's why this team is losing. But that's basically what it is. I mean, if if they had Christian Wood in this game, I do not think that they—I think it would have been arguably just as—maybe not quite the bloodbath that the first matchup between these two teams was, but— it definitely wouldn't have gotten this out of hand and the Rockets would have remained at least competitive because there's stretches during during this three-game losing streak where they just cannot buy a basket offensively and that's where Christian Wood steps in. And then there's the defensive gaffes where having Christian Wood out there being able to actually change up the look of the defense from time to time and also not having to rely on small ball throughout stretches of the game, which again, small ball can be useful in you know in momentary stretches in short bursts but having to rely on it for an extend for an extended period is not a reliable method of playing the game at least personally and this is coming from the guy who had to cover the team that did it for you know the end of last season and well into the playoffs there's just shortcomings with playing small and we're seeing it in this one as they got out rebounded the pelicans being plus 18 in the rebounding department in this game so coming up I do want to talk about I kind of went down the Christian Wood rabbit hole because I really wanted to address that right out of the gate and his importance to this team. But coming up, I do want to talk about John Wall and Eric Gordon and what we're seeing out of them. Uh, Probably a little bit of Jay Sean Tate and uh, Sterling Brown as well. Some of the uh, good highlights from this game, the good spots. And then uh, we'll wrap things up in the third segment. But uh, we'll get there in just a quick moment after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. Football season might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. And look, MLB is right around the corner as well. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we here at Locked on Rockets trust. And that is betonline.ag. Look, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Look, they even cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's totally free to sign up. You can head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit with promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Unfortunately, discussing the Rockets' 130-101 loss against the New Orleans Pelicans, a game in which they were down 11 at the half. If I'm doing my math right, apologize, this is bad. 13 at the half, numbers are hard. Um, And... They, they had a good third quarter. I will say that, you know, despite how ugly this game was, they really fought back into it in the third quarter. Um, they just weren't able to, you know, to really get over that hill, unfortunately. And that's what happens when you put yourself down big early and then you have to fight so hard tooth and nail to get back into a game where you need everything to go perfect for you to be able to have a chance to win. You know, this this Rockets team just has a very, very, very slim margin for error without Christian Wood. Um, with Christian Wood, like I said already, they, they had the opportunities to, you know, they could make some mistakes here and there. They could fight back into some games, cover ground um, with him. But without him, they're just missing too much on both sides of the basketball to afford to... Uh, be nonchalant in the early part of the game, right? They don't have uh, a switch that they can turn on. And I think John Wall actually uh, put it really well. So let's hear what John Wall had to say right after this game.
0: Just communication. I mean, that's the key for us. I mean, like I said before, when we we're missing shots early on, we still had to defend at a high level. Um, we, we're a good team, but we're not a great team when we can turn on whenever we want to. And I think we had that six game, seven game win streak. We kind of drink a little bit of that water that we shouldn't have. But um, it's also tough, you know what I mean, not being able to play back-to-back between me and Vic and then having lineups, switching up. But, you know, every team is going through different lineups, even with the COVID protocol. If you end up getting COVID or the health safety protocol, so, you know what I mean, it's always the next man up, and we just got to all be prepared. But the focus with us is our defense has been terrible. Like PJ said, it's been shitty the last couple of games, and we got to get back to being that greedy and grimy team that hits people first, and that's the aggressive and that lets us get out in transition and be the team we want to be. Communication is easy. Just talk. <laughs> That's the easiest thing to fix. You know what I mean? I can see if we got guys that couldn't defend at a high level, that would be difficult. You know, you've probably been on a team before where some guys is like, okay, we're going to pick on this guy every time we get a chance to switch on him. I feel like every almost every time we're out there with our guards or our forwards, they're all switchable that can guard one through five positions. We just got to get back to the principles of listening to the call and also – not automatically thinking we want to switch, taking the, easy right, taking the easy route out of just saying, okay, switch. And it's not even a screen yet. And that's where we're giving up those wide open threes and things like that. So we have to do a better job just going to communication. And uh, that starts with me of being a leader of the team and being a guy that's guarding the point guard and uh, get everybody intensity back up.
1: And that was John Wall um, highlighting their struggles in this game, speaking a lot about communication, and that's something we'll also hear PJ Tucker reference as well. Um, the guys aren't communicating defensively, and this is something that you know I think that early on too, Christian Wood highlighted his need to be more vocal defensively, and he highlighted the fact that he, as the anchor of the defense, as that you know, as the five defensively he had to be more vocal so there's also a part of this game that you know we're not privy to unfortunately especially with the weird with the weirdness of the new broadcasting situation where the mics don't necessarily pick up all the all the on court stuff uh you know that it normally does but uh, you know, Christian Wood, there's there's a very real possibility that he had really picked up his level of communication at that five spot, calling things out, you know, communicating to his perimeter guards, to his perimeter wings, you know, hey, drop here, switch here, all that stuff, and maybe that's something that they're missing, maybe that's something that DeMarcus Cousins does not excel at, or maybe it's something that um, the uh, rest of the guys are struggling with, but uh, it, it sounds like communication is a big issue, and John Wall seems confident that they can address that and fix that and get back to what was giving them success in the first place. But he also highlighted, you know, the the lineup issues and and, and stuff like that. But other teams are also dealing with it, so it's not an, it's not an excuse. You know, if this Rockets team still has playoff aspirations, if they still want to, you know, try and remain competitive rather than you know just caving and you know, completely selling off all assets and whatnot. Then they have to, you know, address this and figure out what the what the solution is. Because this team, even though they're missing Christian Wood, if they want to remain competitive, they have to find a way to make it happen without Sea Wood because he's out for at least the next, I would imagine, three to four weeks. Um, at best case scenario, um, I'm I would be shocked if he came back before the All Star break. So, and I think that's probably a good kind of. Uh, I don't want to call it a litmus test, but that's probably a good benchmark for deciding what direction this team should go is if they are able to kind of get back and tread water and kind of right the ship a little bit and become, you know, get back towards that 500 uh, record without Christian Wood then maybe that's the the sign that Rafael Stone needs to know whether or not he needs to actively look to uh you know bring in reinforcements for a uh for a playoff push in the second half of the season or if he needs to become a seller and try and sell off uh positive assets that you know can net a decent return like Eric Gordon who is playing well or um You know, Ben McLemore, who had the other night where he dropped 15 points in a quarter, um, his shooting skills very much on display uh, in that game against the Hornets, things like that, right? Trying to uh, make the most out of some of these guys that are left on the roster uh, rather than retaining them in the hopes of some, you know, seventh seed, eighth seed play in tournament playoff push, right? Um, Now, as far as John Wall in this game, uh, he had... 25 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists. Did have 3 turnovers. All the had the 3 turnovers early, um, just in the first quarter, I believe, if memory serves. And then didn't turn the ball over the rest of the way. So that was kind of nice to see. That was a thought that I had where I'd like to see him not be so sloppy with the basketball. And then he turned it around and didn't turn the ball over the rest of the way, which was nice. Um, Would have rather seen him be a little bit more efficient in this game. Uh, going into the fourth quarter... Uh, he didn't score any in the fourth, unfortunately. But going to the fourth quarter, he was 11 of 21 from the floor, two of six from behind the arc, just one of six at the free throw line. Uh, and then he finished the game 11 of 23, two of eight from behind the arc. So he attempted a couple more threes in the fourth quarter, but that was it, didn't drive anymore. Um, kind of, you know, the game started kind of falling apart uh, at that point. And, you know, I could kind of... There were some. There were definitely some bad vibes going on. Let's just say, you know, I I snagged a screen cap of John Wall, and he was frustrated. He was showing it on the basketball court. There were multiple plays where he, you know, generated a good look. Uh, I specifically remember one. He generated a a great look for Daniel House Jr. and House bricked the three pointer. He was wide open, Um, and John Wall kind of visibly frustrated, kind of throwing his arms at his side, you know, and and rightfully so. Um, You know, this was a game where. Wall and Gordon stepped up. They played their roles well. Jay Sean Tate did his job. And Sterling Brown did his job. But everybody else, you know, just... Daniel House had a really inefficient night. Um, I get, you know, even really... Like, looking at it, P.J. Tucker actually had his first um, solid game in a while. Had seven points on three of seven shooting. One of two from behind the arc. Um, It still doesn't change the fact that he mucks things up offensively for this team, unfortunately. But... This was just a game where, again, they didn't do the right things defensively and that put them in a hole. And then they did—they just, just don't have the firepower without Victor Oladipo, without Christian Wood to dig themselves out of a deficit, unfortunately. And then especially once the Pelicans kind of started getting clicking and Zion was able to kind of get whatever he wanted inside, was getting to the charity stripe, was facilitating at a high level. Zion had seven assists in this game. Uh, and only played. He had he had 20 points and seven assists in 21 minutes because he had to sit out you know a chunk of the second second quarter because he picked up three early fouls. So he he came back in in that third quarter and started putting in work, um, and then didn't have to play the tail end of the game because it was a blowout. So, uh, and then Eric Gordon in this one he has been. Uh, just, again, the best version of Eric Gordon we've seen in a while. 23 points on 8 of eight of 19 shooting. would like to see that be a little bit better. Um, but 4 of 10 from behind the three-point line is pretty nice. 3 of 5 from the free-throw line. Uh, had a rebound, had a few assists, had a block. Um, you know, and this team, I guess one of the other standouts from this game is the free-throw shooting was just abysmal in this one. Uh, John Wall highlighted it himself uh, post-game, saying that he needs to be better Uh, at the free throw line that one of six is just, you know, horrendous uh, for him. And then just the rest of the team, uh, you know, Eric Gordon missing a couple free throws. Uh, Who else missed a couple? DeMarcus Cousins missed a couple free throws. And that was actually it. It was only four players uh, who missed free throws. But John Wall missing a substantial chunk of them. Uh, Five of the Rockets' nine missed free throws in this game. But it it also kind of highlights the fact that the Rockets you know, haven't been getting to the free throw line hardly at all. And they have, you know, they drive a lot between John Wall and Eric Gordon and Victor Oladipo and uh, all of the flailing drives that DeMarcus Cousins has. They just, they don't receive a favorable whistle. Um, they are bottom 10 in the league in free throw rate, unfortunately. And it's almost like James Harden took a... uh took an advance on the Rockets free throws for the next like five years or the next decade uh, during his tenure with the Rockets. And now they're uh, feeling the uh, adverse side effects uh, of that uh, of that advance. And the referees have just uh, decided to swallow their whistle a lot of the time when the Rockets drive to the hole, Um, you know, thinking to the. Uh, Spurs game, you know, down the down the tail end of that game where John Wall drove to the basket and you know finished what should have been, in my opinion, an and one layup and didn't receive a whistle and that would have cut the game to a one possession game rather than it being you know a four point lead for the Spurs at that point down the tail end of that that game. So you know this is this is something that's actually had some really adverse side effects for the Rockets where they're not able to get to the free throw line and it's not for lack of trying. Um, you know they have three guards who drive as big parts of their game. And yet they're not able to find their way to securing free throws. And that's definitely been an issue for this team. Not being able to get those easy points at the foul line definitely hurts. Cause Hey, that's easy offense, right? You're scoring with the clock stopped. Um, All of that, right? Free throws are a big part and have been a big part of this team for years because of James Harden. And now we're kind of seeing a different look where they're not able to get to the free throw line. And it's frankly pretty frustrating. Uh, But it does all still circle back to the defense. So I want to hear from PJ Tucker here in just a moment and kind of wrap up final thoughts on this game. Probably talk about Jay Tate a little bit, as well as Sterling Brown uh, and a couple other areas from this one. But we'll get there in just one moment after a quick message from our friends over at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now almost impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why would you want to endure the often pointless and somewhat intimidating questioning like, is your car an LX, EX, and then you gotta wait while the person goes behind the counter to order the parts that they just so happen to be carrying in their shop? Look, rockauto.com has Everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tear lamps, motor oil, and even brand new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything, and I mean everything, that you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. And did I I mention this yet? Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the exact same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why why would you want to spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need RockAuto.com. And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Talking about the Rockets' three-game skid, they were once man, they were once eleven and ten, and everything was shiny and fun and new and you know exciting. And this team was was on its way to a playoff berth. And uh, like John Wall said, right, they, they drank. We we all drank a little bit of that water. Um, and here's my thing: is I still think this team is. De- I still think with Christian Wood, this team is very capable of being a playoff team. They're very talented. They are a good defensive team. That wasn't a fake stretch of defense. It wasn't, uh, you know, it, it's it's truly the impact that Christian Wood had. You know, if he was playing in these three games, I really don't think that the Rockets would have lost these three. I think at worst, they would have been two and one. Um, and, you know, I, I, that's not just blind homerism. That's the numbers. That's, that's how important Christian Wood is to this team. And again, losing your best player Sucks. And that's what he is, right? John Wall might be the most important guy to unlocking what this team does on both sides of the basketball, which is why um when he's out, the Rockets definitely feel it and things feel clunkier. Things don't feel as smooth offensively. Things don't feel as uh, intense defensively when John Wall is not out there. Sure but Christian Wood is the best player and so now we're seeing the other side of that coin right because we saw it for a little while with John Wall out and how how badly the team missed him and now we're seeing it with Christian Wood out and how badly the team misses him and unfortunately that's not great in a league where you're dealing with COVID where injuries are still very much a real thing that you deal with right your team shouldn't crater the moment you miss one of your players, right? Now, obviously, there's going to be a bit of a downtrend if you're missing one of your top you know, two or three contributors in John Wall or Christian Wood or situationally Victor Oladipo and Eric Gordon for rest days, right? It doesn't help not having consistency with the lineups, right? But the drop-off shouldn't be this ridiculous. It shouldn't be from a team that looks like they could be a you know a team that has a chance to cause a playoff upset to a team that looks like they belong in the lottery. That shouldn't be the drop off by missing one or two guys, right? There should be principles in place. It should be the next man up mentality. All of that, right? To to keep things in place. That way, it doesn't just become like, you know, that scene in community where Donald Glover walks in and it's, you know, the entire room's on fire, right? It's, it's not that. Um, that's just, and that kind of I want to say that that might boil down to coaching um, because I haven't been, I haven't been too impressed with some of the decision-making that Silas has had, especially with like lineups and rotations over this three game losing streak. Um, Specifically his choices to not utilize uh, like Ben McLemore more when he obviously had it going to not use him at all in this game when it really felt like they were struggling to put the ball in the basket offensively for stretches. Um, you know, there's just some some questionable decision-making there. I'm not ready to, again, I'm not ready to condemn Steven Silas because I still think that he has done a really tremendous job given the cards that he's been dealt. But that's not to say that he's not immune from criticism. So let's actually hear what P.J. Tucker had to say about the defense in this one because he didn't pull any punches. The
0: defense has been shitty last two games. Um, communication has been bad. We haven't... Um, been aggressive like we were in games before. Um but our communication's have been horrible. And that was something that we were getting better at. And it was the reason why our defense was getting so 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 good. Uh and something we gotta get back to if we're gonna win. When NBA it's so hard you're playing against great players, you're running up and down, you're getting tired, uh to have to talk uh and communicate verbally everything that's going on, the helps, the stay home, the Squares, it's, it's a lot of verbiage and on the go. And a lot of guys just aren't comfortable talking. Most guys aren't. Um, but, you know, the really good defensive teams are great communicators, uh, first and foremost, and everything else falls in place from there. But um, being able to talk it first, is a big deal.
1: P.J. Tucker, again, highlighting, just like John Wall did, communication. And, uh, you know, being very upfront with how the defense, frankly, has been shitty over this three-game losing streak. And it has been, right? They haven't been the same team that, you know, was the number one rated defense in the league. They have not looked that way. Things have not been fluid for them. They haven't been, uh, you know, subconscious about their defensive efforts, right? It looks like they're they're questioning things. They're not exactly sure who's switching, who's going where. They're not communicating, all of this, right? It's and it's kind of snowballing on itself. Where if they come out and they have a bad quarter or a bad half, then one of my one of my points during that winning streak is it was so impressive how this team really never hung its head, right? They they could have, you know, a bad quarter or, you know, a bad series, you know, of possessions and you didn't look around and see guys hanging their head and upset and frustrated and, you know, down on themselves, all that, right? They just, they, they picked the ball back up and they just, they moved on to the next possession, right? Short memory, goldfish memory. And, We're seeing that now, though. We're seeing, like, in this Pelicans game specifically, we saw a lot of visible frustration on the court. We saw guys with slumped shoulders, hanging their heads, you know, waving their arms, like, okay, whose man was that when when defensive coverages were being blown? And that's just not, like, I don't want to be body language police, but it's just not good body language. And... It becomes kind of one of those like self-fulfilling prophecies where they start. Okay, now they're losing a few games in a row. Now people are down on you know down on this team. They're not as bought in. They're not as excited. You know they're not trying as hard defensively. And for a team that is struggling offensively, is at best without Christian Wood a middle of the pack offensive team, and that's absolutely at best. Um, you know they they need to rely on their defense. And if you can't rely on the defense, then you're not going to be able to win games. That's it's as simple as that if they can't be bought in defensively if they can't give themselves a fighting chance by being a top rated defense in the absence of Christian Wood then when the shots start when the shots aren't falling offensively when they're not able to get buckets when you know the three ball isn't falling all those things right when they go up against another team that is actually a good defensive team as well and makes life hard for them then they're suddenly not going to be able to they're not going to be able to hang and that's frustrating because this team is too talented for that um but at the same time it's it's hard to blame them because missing your best player does suck. I mean that's and that's kind of again I keep circling back to that same takeaway and I hate that I keep circling back there and finding myself at that point where well without Christian Wood this team is frankly just not very good. He unlocks a lot for this team on both sides of the basketball. And so maybe it's you know again I think that it's still a little bit too early to tell but I think that at this point, if Rafael Stone's looking at this team and what they're uh, capable of, or or I guess not capable of without Christian Wood, then you know this team should be sellers at the trade deadline. Is where I'm coming away with. You know, and I, I already reiterated my desire to see this team move on from Victor Oladipo and PJ Tucker, um, whether it be at the deadline or just letting them walk in free agency this summer and utilizing that you know, roughly almost 30 million in uh, generated cap space, you know, to go pursue a free agent. Now, I'm, yes, that's that's a, a boiled down version of how the cap works. Obviously, they don't just get 30 million in space. They've got other contracts and stuff to worry about. But utilizing the chunk of money coming off the books to realistically, you know, move a couple other pieces and have, uh, you know, a max slot, or a, or a large uh, chunk of the cap to throw at a free agent, is my point, uh, if they don't deal them at the trade deadline. But I think another guy, and this is the one that's that kind of hurts because of how well he's been playing, the Rockets might need to look at moving Eric Gordon. And it sucks to say that because EG, uh, you know, fun meter EG, right? Love EG. He is the, the longest tenured Rocket, you know, now that James Harden has departed. Um, and it sucks because he's been a big part of this team for years. But at the same time, he's playing some of the best basketball he has to this stage in his career, and he could very, very easily be a big part of a team looking to make a push in this postseason. Um, he's got that six-man-of-the-year mentality. You could easily slot him into the starting lineup. Um, he's a starting quality type player. He gives you great defense when he's on the floor. Um, there's there's no end to the amount of good things that EG, this version of EG brings to your team on a nightly basis. Um, his price tag is a little, uh, you know, it's, uh, that's the part that's a little bit hard to stomach. If you're a team looking to, you know, get another piece to kind of push you over the edge, EG at 20 million a year, uh, or a little under 20 million a year, I should say is, is kind of tough. But at the same time, there's teams out there that could very much use his services and have some dead salary on the books that they could jettison. Um, and you know, the Rockets reasonably would, uh, be in asset accumulation mode. Um, if they were to move on from Eric Gordon, I think that's exactly what would be happening is that they would be in asset accumulation mode to try and uh, garner you know, first-round draft picks, young assets, that kind of thing. Uh, and that would be the sign of a true rebuild. I don't think moving on from Victor Oladipo and P.J. Tucker would be the signs of truly rebuilding because I still think that you can move on from those two guys and either A, get back... Uh, Maybe not quite equivalent talent, but get back talent that would uh, better match the timeline for this team. Right, a young, you know, younger pieces to put around uh, Christian Wood moving forward for this team. But you can still get back a reasonable level of talent to remain competitive if you move on from Victor Oladipo and PJ Tucker. But if they move on from Eric Gordon, especially with how well he's played this season, I think that that would be the clear cut signal sign to me. That Rafael Stone and the front office have decided that they are uh, punting on being competitive this season and deciding that they are going to look at, you know, again, accumulating assets and, and building towards the future rather than trying to kind of stay in this limbo period where they want to remain competitive without fully rebuilding, without, you know, bottoming out into the draft, all that stuff. Because, you know, again, for those who want to tank, right? There's only a 52% chance that the Rockets finish with a top four pick. And I am very skeptical of those odds, mostly because the sports gods hate Houston. Because just like knowing the Rockets' chances, right, they would like fall just one slot out of the top four. They'd finish with like the top five pick, and then that would convey to Oklahoma City. And that sucks. Um, So I don't necessarily like the idea of bottoming out completely this season but if it has to be done because it happens organically because this team just can't produce wins without Christian Wood on the floor if it gets to that point then maybe they do like focus on actually tanking in the second half of the season right and and a lot of that a lot of these answers we will or a lot of these questions we will have answers to um, before the trade deadline gets here, you know, we'll see which direction this team is trending. Um, I I firmly believe Rafael Stone is going to make a few moves at the trade deadline. I don't think he's just going to sit on his hands because, um, again, there's too many guys on this roster who are, I, you know, basically expiring after this season, and the Rockets could get some semblance of value back for them. Uh, before the trade deadline passes, um, Sterling Brown being one of those guys who, again, he had a pretty impressive game, very all around good game, 11 points on four of six shooting, three of four from behind the arc, six rebounds, three assists, two steals. You know, he would be a great asset on the bench of any team, you know, looking to make a push in this year's playoffs. At the same time, he's also on that younger timeline. And there's a part of me that wonders. If the Rockets would be able to maintain or you know retain his services this offseason if they were to offer him maybe a portion of the NT MLE, the non-taxpayer MLE this next summer. I don't know if he's necessarily good enough or has enough, you know, or has shown enough to be to warrant a portion of the MLE yet, but he's been a great fit with this Rockets team. Um and he's a great uh, a great asset to have on the wing. and again, he fits the timeline of this Rockets team at just uh what is it? He's either 25, 26, what is he 20 do, 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 25. Yeah. so I mean Sterling Brown you know, fits the timeline of this team to where you could argue that he should be a piece that they maybe want to hold on to moving forward. But the pieces that I am fully convinced are going to be here next season are John Wall, Jayshon Tate, and Christian Wood. Everybody else is fair game on this roster. And, you know, those are the three guys that I am fully convinced will be here. And Jayshon Tate having himself another really solid game. uh, 13 points on 6 of 9 shooting. Nice. 1 of 3 from behind the arc. 4, sorry, 7 rebounds, 2 assists. um, Played some great defense. uh, Did have... Did have some foul trouble in this game, uh, but you know, overall that's just something that, you know, comes with, you know, learning the game, being, you know, kind of being out there being a little overly aggressive at times. Um, but that's what you like. You know, he plays hard nosed defense and he he's out there, you know, giving it his all, right? Just like John Wall, just like a bunch of the other guys on this roster, they're all competitors. They're going out there giving it their best every single night. Um, and again, it's it's hard for me to if they're going out there really competing every single night. I don't really have a problem with the losses. Obviously, right, I'd like them to win. Like that's just I feel like that's goes without saying. But if you're going out there competing at a high level and if you're really trying and like the shots just aren't falling, or you're just you're just not the better team on the court that night, the other team is, you know, shooting a ridiculous number from three or whatever, and you're but you're doing everything right, you're getting hands and faces, you're contesting shots, you're you're boxing out, you're doing all the little things, right? If that happens, if they do all those things over the course of a game and they still come up short. I'm not going to be upset. How can you be? Sometimes there's just more talent on the other team. Sometimes the other team is just better. But over the course of this three-game losing streak, that has not been the case. They have not been putting their best foot forward. They have not been doing all of the little things that are required to win a basketball game. And that's where I think my frustration, your frustration, the players' frustration, Silas's frustration, that's where all the frustration is stemming from. Because they are not, doing everything that they can to try and win these basketball games and it's showing and we're seeing it the coaches are seeing it the players are seeing it and they need to turn that around or it's going to get even uglier even quicker so for today's episode I think that's going to be where I wrap things up as always thank you so much for listening and we look forward to having you back right here at locked on Rockets your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball this episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters each produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond engagement rings. And they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique, limited-edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com.